Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. When we work down there, the Jay and Dan story. I asked one guy, he looked at me like I was nuts. I asked him some kicking question. Was it a kicker? He was the kicker. <laughs> Do I say, like, how's your penis? Yes. You ask him, how's your penis? I mentioned it in passing, and a couple of urologists who listen to the podcast were big in the urology. <laughs> yeah. So he's with his mom or his wife? I don't know. I couldn't tell. <laughs> It's not a good stand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they had Alan Jackson and stuff playing there. Oh, he's name dropping. Yeah, yeah. Toolsy, guys. big oh. name dropper. I wasn't there for hey, it. He wrote Chattahoochee about me. Mm-hmm. You ever the done water. a prison tour there? No. <laughs> like a euphemism for something. <laughs> you ever go down into the prison tunnel there? Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait. How's your ejaculate? You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Presented by our good friends at Coors Light. Flats of Coors Light. Dance. Dance. Hey. It's our first podcast for February. Yeah. February 5th, 2018. February. The month that people are, hey, we're almost uh, out of winter. No, yeah. February, it's, yeah. it's a rough one. We're still in it. We're still in the muck. It's, uh, yeah, it's still chilly. Out there. And we're about to head to Korea this Friday, where apparently it is just as cold or colder than it is here. Yes, so that'll be different. I just us. checked the Pyeongchang on, weather. Minus 15 Celsius. I mean, that's not bad, but then you add the wind chill. It's going to be... It's then go- you add the wind chill. It's going to be the coldest Winter Olympics on record. I'm very much looking forward to it. What is the thing you're looking forward to most about the Olympics, Dan? Experience another culture. <laughs> I like getting out of my backyard, literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, and this for- is where we remind you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we are doing our show live from the Olympics every single night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And can I just say this? Bit of an issue with scheduling. We're all over the map. We're usually on at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific, as you know. For the Olympics, because of events, they go long, this and that, we're kind of all over the map. We're on at midnight some nights, some nights we're on at 1.30, some nights we're on at 2. Here's my message to the podcast listeners, and I really want you to pass this on. Set your PVR and record SportsCenter with Jane Dan throughout the Olympic Games. Do it for us. Just record it, and then you can watch it whenever you want. Maybe with your kids, maybe with your, maybe with your mom, maybe with your dog. Can you tell your dog, hey... Those guys are friends of mine. If, be true. if we were being pushed back and we had to do those shows here, I'd be like, oh, God. But that just means we get to sleep longer. Yeah, or we got to get up early and start shooting bits. Local time, we're going to be like uh, 2 in the afternoon, broadcasting from the top of an elementary school. And we aren't even joking about that. It, so, now, the kids, are the kids still in school? I would think so. That's Maybe they've I got ha- the Olympics off. I, I haven't uh, asked this question. So, are the kids like our broadcast interns? That'd be great. Scripts? Get us more stats. Yeah, let's go. And some kimchi. It's going to be a, a fun time. Uh, the journey there, for, we've got crew already there because uh, yes. they've got to prepare hey, everything for us. They're on the ground. They're getting things done. And all of them say, it's a bit of a journey here. Yeah. Well, it's like a what, 15-hour flight and direct. Then, a, and then, a, then you, once you're in the airport... If you've ever landed at Olympics, it's a bit chaos. Yeah, because we got to get our validated and all that. And then you got. But hop- someone will help us. There's always volunteers. Uh, but I hope. Waiting. There's well, there always is. You just look. You know, we will look. Well, we'll look like we always look like we don't know what we're doing. I was uh, speaking with someone, and they said, "Well, you should be able to find your way." I said, "Well, here's the problem, Jay and I always have. We always assume the other one knows where we're going." Yeah, and neither of us do. <laughs> and usually, you know, at Fox, we always had someone like a handler. Who would guide us? Uh, those handlers are all over in Korea already, uh, preparing our beds, fluffing our pillows, um, get, making sure the hot water is sufficient for me. When is our first show? Uh, first show, I believe, is the Saturday, uh, or no, the Sunday. Sorry. So, so okay. the opening ceremony is this Friday, the ninth. I think our first show is this Sunday, the eleventh. But don't quote me on that. <laughs> Sports Center with Jay and Dan at the Olympics. Don't quote me on that. We can confirm we are going. So yes, we are. It's going to be fun. Going. We'll be uh, yes, and it's going to be the regular show that you see every single night. Mm-hmm. 
but just from the Olympics with mm-hmm. Olympic content. That's right. Well, and it'll also have, you know, because the NHL players aren't going, because Gary Bettman is an a- um, then you get the fact that there's still NHL going on, which is a good thing, because we'll have those NHL highlights for you. Um, we'll have the Olympic highlights for you, NBA, everything. It's going to be great. I can't and wait and to interviews, right? We're going to be... At the Canada Olympic House. At the Canada Olympic House. We have been given clearance. Uh, thanks to our great relationship with Coors Light, who sponsors this podcast, Molson Coors, obviously a company that's a heavy sponsor of the Olympics. They sponsor Canada Olympic House. So we're going to do our interviews there, and I think we're going to do our podcasts there. We will... We are promising this. We will do our two podcasts over at the Olympics, uh, unlike Sochi, where we just kind of forgot. We didn't forget. It's just uh, our workday was so small. We went to all the events, and then we had to do like a four-minute hit yeah. for our show. So a four-minute like uh, It almost seems like it was, was not worth it for them to send us over there. <laughs> 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 That Olympics, uh, looking back, it was balmy. It was between yeah, it was zero and ten degrees every single day. One yeah. day it got up to like fifteen or twenty, I think. And now I'm getting, and I know if you're on Facebook, Stoff, are you on the Facebooks? No, I'm not. I was wondering why you didn't want to friend me. Yeah, my, my Facebook got hacked a long time ago. <laughs> I'm just and, uh, yeah, no, but what I was going to say, Stoff, is now on Facebook you get all these. You'll wake up, you'll, you'll log on to Facebook, and it'll say, here's a memory from four years ago. And it'll be a picture you posted four years ago. So for whatever reason, I'm getting, four, I guess it's four-year cycles or something. So I'm getting all these four years ago things. And as it so happens, I'm getting right now all the Sochi stuff. So I'm, every day I wake up, I see it, I send it right to Dan so he can see how his hair looked. Uh, yes, how, many, that. How, how many more pounds he had on him at the time? I was 25 pounds heavier, and I think 10 of that was hair. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> your hair, oh. I can't even describe it. It's, um, I can. Uh, you know, the Lego characters, how you can take their hair off. Yeah, it's a little like that. Just like that. It was a little like that. And yeah, you had some LBs on you, even before we got there. And then all we did was drink vodka and eat McDonald's and. Well, it has changed my life. Then we looked. We both looked horrible. I've never looked that bad. <laughs> well, I probably have. Yeah. It's going to be different, though. We've, we're going with a purpose. Yeah. We've got a show we're doing every night. We've got to be responsible. No soju for us. It's just into Betty Bye at 8p every night. Okay, let's dive into this soju because someone uh, told me, oh, yeah, you got to try that there. It's not moonshine? <laughs> <laughs> well... Well, I don't know. Maybe it is moonshine. I, my understanding was it was like the Korean version of sake, but I could be wrong. I, I'm going to try it. I have a feeling we're going to drink a lot of beer over there because all, all of that Korean food goes so well with delicious cold beer. And I know you're a big beer guy. No, I'm off the beers. No, you're not. You're on the beers, Dan. Coors Light. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Coors well, I was going to say, unless it's Coors Light. Right. Other I'm, beers, not interested. No, Coors no. Light. That's well, all we, I do. We better be able to get Coors Light at the Molson Canadian Olympic House. Uh, damn straight. Right? I'm getting, I'm uh, filling my luggage with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah? That would be real heavy. <laughs> and a very much a risk of leakage. <laughs> <laughs> I have that every day. <laughs> Speaking of which, I didn't hear that much feedback about... Uh, about all my urology issues, I was a little sad. I wanted some of the, our urology uh, listeners to uh, give me a bit more feedback on my prostate issues, my ejaculate. Uh, so uh, I think people just uh, maybe wanted to pretend they didn't hear it. Just, uh, just feel free to, to give us some, some quality feedback to at Jay and Dan. Can we uh, also quickly ask Christoph how he's doing today, if he's mega hungover, because his Philadelphia Eagles won their first Super Bowl. He's wearing Last his night. Donovan McNabb Eagles jersey. Don- feeling terrific, boys. Donovan feeling McNabb terrific. Eagles jersey, man, buddy. You might, how does it, did you did you ever go through? Because as a Seahawks fan, I went through a stage in my fandom where I just assumed they'd never win one. Did you did you start to feel that way? I've been a fan since two thousand when McNabb actually got drafted, um, and so. They've been decent they like have. since then. They've had good runs, but it, it always looked they, they wouldn't get over the hump there. And yeah. it was crazy. I mean, getting the Patriots again after all these years, and yeah, it was, just, it was just nuts. As a hardcore fan watching that game, what's it like? 
What, what were you a nervous wreck at, at halftime? Last did, play at halftime? Did you say this one's in the bag, or were you like everyone oh, else no saying? Ch- oh, no yeah. chance! I said this one's in the bag. It, it was so nerve wracking the whole way through that in the end, it, I didn't even go crazy when they won. It was just like a major relief that it was over. Yeah, you're and it so took a happy. little bit, a little while to settle in, but that was nuts. Uh, watching them go for it on that fourth and one. With that trick play, that was just crazy. Like I literally let out two what does, and yep. then I shrieked like a little girl. And uh, yeah, um, are you a hardcore fan? Do you uh, have no alcohol, so you remember everything, or do you get uh, twenty beers, Coors Lights into you, or do you do the middle road of that? I'd say I go about middle with the Coors Lights. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and that you la- do want to be able to remember it. For yeah, sure. a little bit, but you also want to be able to enjoy it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That last play. Like, I, I said to someone, people are getting up out of... We were watching it here in our office. People are getting up before he threw that Hail Mary on the last play. I'm like, this... I felt like he, they were still going to tie it. Yeah, with Gronk in the end zone, yes. uh, you never know what's going to happen. But they would have to tie it, and then they would have had to get the two points right, as well. Right, exactly. So, but it was yeah. very... That's basically what they did last year. So I was like, okay, this is this is happening. Until they f- actually fail, I refuse to count them Until that ball hit the out. ground, yes. uh, you could not exhale. That's true. Yeah, it is... Um, it's a fascinating... Uh, I have to say, though, people are right. That was probably the best Super Bowl I've ever seen. It was incredible. Like, to watch, it was a blast. And we're going to be talking more about the, the Super Bowl with the, the NFL Network's Dave Demoshek. Uh, he is pretty much, he's on the NFL.com, he's on yep. the NFL Network, he's, he's everywhere. He has, uh... He was there for the entire week, so we'll get his, uh, his take on it being in a cold weather city. They took a lot of heat for that, but the game was indoors. Hey, and they have a new stadium, that's kind of the deal. You get a new stadium, you get a Super Bowl. And you know what? So, like, what's the difference? We were in Houston last year. The only difference is, Houston, they had that sort of outdoor thing where we did our show, but that was like a tiny little area. The main fan experience was at the Houston Convention Center, so you had to go indoors for that. Minnesota had the Mall of America. I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a good place to have it. That stadium did look amazing, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, looked pretty damn I can't cool. wait till we go on a road trip, guys. I haven't checked on the city of Philadelphia. Is it still standing? That I'm not sure of. How about there that was guy some who crazy ate, footage out there. Yeah, that guy who ate horse Why are you yeah, doing that? Yeah, why did that happen? Like, why? Like, what? Listen. I talk about my ejaculate on this podcast, and I would never eat horse or would I? Cut to people do Korea. People just do strange things. I don't get it. I, I don't get why you throw garbage or break things or jump on top of the Ritz Carlton awning and crush it. Yeah, you do it um, because you're bombed. Because you've had twenty, you've gone for the twenty Coors Lights <laughs> instead of the ten that Stoff had last night. Yeah, you're happy, but yeah, I don't get destruction. I don't, I don't understand destruction. But some people get, you know, loaded and they get super violent. Producer Tim is one of those people. Um, oh, that's all I know. He's the only one. Your take on the Justin Timberlake halftime performance. So I didn't really watch much of it, to be perfectly honest. Um, what I saw is what I expected. I think he delivered what his fans would want. So I think people, if you didn't like it, you just don't like him. I, I don't really like his music at all. So um, it's not something I'd be interested in paying for. Having said that, as Larry David would say, I thought the Prince tribute was good. I'm on that side of the, of the fence on that one. As I said on our show yesterday... I really think he was in an impossible position. If he doesn't acknowledge Prince or give him a tribute, then people are like, oh, you don't like Prince? He's from here, you know. <laughs> and if he does do the tribute, they're like, oh, thanks for appropriating Prince and his music, and he's dead. He wouldn't have wanted that. You know, like he had, it was a completely no-win situation for Justin Timberlake on the Prince thing. I am happy he didn't go with the hologram, though. That I am now bad. seeing all these sporting events because my daughters are at the age where they can, everything makes sense to them now. So them watching that performance, so they're trying to wrap their heads around, first off, what the f*** is this game? And then I'm like, okay, well, Justin Timberlake's going to play. And they're like, uh, okay, well, why? And I said, well, they have a big performer, perform at halftime, because it, it's such a huge event. There's like over 100 million people watching. They're like, okay. So we get all set, and they, he starts playing songs and going from song to song. And then my oldest, Sydney says, 
is he playing every one of his songs? I said, <laughs> yeah, they play the hits. I, I said, we know all these, right? And she goes, yeah, kind of. And then they played the troll song, and that's yeah. where they got into it and started dancing around. Did he do any? Did he do a new song? He must have done one new song. I think there was one new song. Yeah, they usually him. do one uh, to promote. Hey, how about something from the new album? But it was very rare in today's day and age that he never brought out another performer. That's true. And everyone expected it would be... Sheila E. Janet Jackson. She actually sent out a Instagram the night before saying, I am not performing at this event. It's funny how her career went downhill after the last time they performed together at the Super Bowl, and his went straight up. Straight anyway, up. I was fine with it. He did what he was supposed to, play the hits. Yeah. yeah. What else do you want? So, uh, where, where do we stand again on our uh, artists who haven't been Super Bowl halftime performers, but should be? You're very limited at this point, because... You've got so many mid-range artists that all their music sounds the same, and I'm not saying Justin Timberlake sounds any different. His just sounds like Jamiroquai's. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, Taylor Swift could do it. Now, hasn't she done it before? Maybe not. So, T-Swizzle next year. Bruno Mars, you can bring him back. He's got hits galore, but uh, he's already done it twice. What about bands like, I'm just throwing this out there. You too. Well, they could definitely do it. They've what about, done it. What about a band like The Killers? No. Not a Can't do mass it. appeal. No. No. They could have maybe done it 10 years ago. But maybe not. How about Foo Fighters? It'd be pretty funny if the people in charge of the NHL musical acts scheduled the NFL halftime. And Super Bowl 53's <laughs> halftime performer is Kid Rock. Or, please welcome the Counting Crows. Welcome to the stage, Alanis Morissette and Goo Goo Dolls. What? What decade? What? Ladies and gentlemen, cheap trick. Oh, that might be good. Yeah, that'd be okay, actually. But yeah, it's... Uh, oh, Can we get a NHL. camera... In the room of the person from the NHL who schedules these. I would watch an entire reality show about the process that leads up to the decision and then the phone call that's made to that artist's agent. Really? Me? (laughs) What? You want us to... Okay. And it pays what? Really? You're going to pay me that? You know we're the goo-goo dolls, right? Or here's what I think. When Gary goes home at 2 p.m. Yeah. They just sneak into his office and look through his CD collection. Well, he. this is what is baffling. I think we've mentioned this before. If, you, if Gary Bettman would let this information out, people would like him so much more. He saw, back in the 60s, all the great rock and roll acts of the day. He saw The Doors. He saw Crosby, Stills, and Nash. He saw them all at their peak. Like, he was a huge rock fan back then. Why isn't he getting those guys to do it? I mean, even those old relics would be better than... I don't know who he's trudging out next year. Sugar Ray or whomever. Smash Mouth. Didn't someone, when they saw it, said, when they announced Kid Rock, someone replied on Twitter, it was like, Ugh, Smash Mouth would be better. And Smash Mouth replied, We're not interested. <laughs> Smash Mouth and Sugar Ray. What was uh, Smash Mouth's big song? All All-Star. Star. Hey, yeah. Um, and, uh, and there was another one, wasn't there? Christoph, what'd you find walking out? Walking Taylor... on the Sun, I think. Has Taylor... Oh, Walking on the Sun. So Has was... Taylor Swift done the halftime? Uh, it doesn't appear like it. No. Oh, she's got to be a oh, lot yeah, she's pretty be soon next. then. Yeah. In fact, they probably asked her. Oh, and they've asked Adele, but she's turned it down. I don't know. That doesn't seem very exciting. Um, they should have Elton John do it before he retires. He'd be good. Uh, Philadelphia Freedom. Uh, can we go back to the Olympics for a sec? Something uh, funny happened on the way here. <laughs> so I was downtown for a uh, for a thing, whatever. That's uh, I don't want to get into that. What's that? Yeah, uh, no. Uh, so they give us Olympic jackets, and I've been wearing mine. And I've got kids, and I go tobogganing and stuff. And there's a hole in one of the arms. What? Yeah. So I went. <laughs> And these are expensive jackets. Yeah. Like, I would never spend this much money on a jacket in my lifetime, and it's warm as hell, so I wear it all the time. Right. So I went to the store, and I'm like, something happened here. I got a hole. He's like, yeah, you didn't get that jacket from here. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, my work got it. He's like, no, that's a hand-me-down. 
What? I said, what a hand-me-down. He goes, when'd you get it? I'm like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago? He goes, no, that's not. I'm like, this <laughs> Wait, is a brand. What? Wait, so, hold on. So TSN is giving us hand-me-downs? No, no, no. It's just, I've worn the out of it. And so he thought he's, he's like, okay, you're trying to do a fast one on us here. I'm like, no, my But you got- were trying to do a fast one on this. No, there's a hole in the arm. <laughs> but what did you expect? They were going to give you a new jacket? Well, I thought maybe they have, like, hole-fixing technology. <laughs> like a needle and thread? He gave me a piece of cloth. Really? <laughs> yes. Said, fix it yourself. Now get the f- out of our store. Your hand-me-down <laughs> No, that's not. That's a hand-me-down. <laughs> so he was not having any of it. So you're going to be in your... Your jacket's probably never been worn. Never been worn. I haven't taken it out of the uh, package. So yours yet. is going to be nice and crisp black. I'm going <laughs> to look like I got rolled down a you're hill. Gonna look, you're going to look like a hobo. The Olympic hobo, Dan O'Toole. That'd be a nice nickname for you over the course of the next two weeks. The Olympic hobo. <laughs> <laughs> and you've... We also got those boots from Under Armour. Oh, yeah. Those... I've worn the out of those. <laughs> <laughs> what? Couldn't you have just waited a little bit? I like wearing new stuff. <laughs> I had to work it in. <laughs> That's true. I'll have all these blisters. Yeah, blisters from your jacket. Hey, are you going to go uh, with me to one of those Korean spas? Don't know what these are. Just a so, spa? We a went Korean to the spa in Russia. That's where we ran into Dan Patrick. We were all uh, almost naked. Yeah, we were almost naked in the sauna. Korean spas, my understanding is the thing that makes them distinct is that everyone walks around completely naked through the entire spa. Like, not just in the uh, dressing rooms. That the women walk around naked in the women area and the men walk around naked in the men area. Just junk hanging out everywhere. And nobody... And I was reading about it and they were like, like do people look at it? And they're like, nobody cares. Nobody notices. It's not... It's just junk. When in Rome, why not? Yeah, spa time. I say we do uh, our podcasts from the spa, <laughs> naked. And try to get people to come on the podcast. Come on over here, naked man. <laughs> uh, what time do we have here? Oh, we better give Dave a call. Dave Damashek. This will be cool. He's been so kind to us. He's, uh, yeah. He said he's a big fan of ours. Um <laughs> Uh, pretty uh, funny interaction uh, leading up to uh, him coming on the podcast. Uh, so I direct messaged him last night. He said, uh, want to come on our podcast tomorrow night? We would have you on around nine. Just shoot the shit about the Super Bowl and mini. Would love to have you. He said, sure, would love it. Just call me at this number and uh, you just call me at this number and make it so. I said, amazing. Amazing. What number? He said, this one. Fun. I said, this is Twitter. There is no number. <laughs> so off to a, off to a, he said show off. <laughs> so he doesn't know how Twitter works. So that's great. Well, he doesn't have to. If he's a great television, radio, and internet personality, then he can just get by on his charm. Yeah. So uh, I want to know if he is one of these people. Who said Dave's here. Dave, you on the line? Dan? Where were you guys this week? I was looking everywhere for you. It's Super Bowl 52. Hi, Dave Damashek. It's wonderful to have you on our podcast, finally. Oh, what a pleasure. What a pleasure. I can tell you honestly, 52 weeks ago, the highlight of the Houston, Texas Super Bowl was getting to kibitz with and get to know ever so slightly the two Canadian legends. What a great time that was. You're what in a vehicle. You- are you driving back from Minnesota? How did you know I was in my car? That's right. I'm actually pulling over. I was about to pull up to my home after eight days away to visit my young children. And uh, I, I feel like this is a, this is a, I don't, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty because I, I'm kind of uh, conflicted about how much I want to get in there given the hour because it's bath time right. and uh, dinner time. And that's not, you know. Oh, so I, we're I helping you out, Dave. Yeah, yes, thank you. Is my point. <laughs> okay, so give us give us your take. First off, the experience in Minnesota. Everyone complaining about the cold. Uh, how did how did you like it? Listen, I I, I really I don't want to uh, get up on Mount Pius, but what is wrong with everybody whose jobs are to talk about football for a living, and you're sent away to you know if nothing else, if you have children, you get seven good nights of sleep, yeah, and you get to you get the kibitz with all the the pro football glitterati and uh, interested celebrities. 
Um, and and it, it, it was chilly outside, and all people could do was bellyache. I just kept saying, what kind of people are you that this is such an issue? It's a fun little vacation for you. We're off experiencing the elements. And by the way, no one said, hey, now that we're here, each of us has to stand outside in it for 11 straight hours. Hey, no one said, get a shovel and scoop up some snow. <laughs> we walk through it. We get into a car, then we arrive where we're going, then we get into the cold for about 11 seconds, then we're back out of it. What? We, I mean, really, what's happened to our society? Okay, so you aren't a purist that says it should only be in warm weather climates for the Super Bowl? No, it has nothing to do with being a traditionalist. I just would love for it to be, uh, for pleasure's sake, in New Orleans at least <laughs> once every uh, every other year. I think that should be... That would be a cool, uh, a cool way to go. But I've, you know, listen. I've always thought that it's uh, unjust as uh, somebody who's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Why don't we ever get a home game? Well, yeah. we don't go to the Super Bowl anymore anyway. But <laughs> if we did, wouldn't it be nice for us to have home field advantage? Isn't that an inherent advantage to everybody who is a fast track dome or sunny weather team? You know, we have, why don't we get? When's it our shot to play in eleven degrees? Come try that, Drew Brees. See how it goes for you then. I think, Dave, all you really have to do is just knock down your beautiful stadium that's perfectly fine and build a brand new stadium, <laughs> and then you'll get a Super Bowl. Well, I also don't like... Yeah, that's true. That is uh, the ticket to, to uh, Super Bowl um, hosting. But I, I, I also think that it is uh, philosophically shameful that... Um, that any of the, that either of those teams, the Vikings or the Lions, they play in the NFC North. It's supposed to be rugged stuff, and <laughs> yet they true. dome the stadium. Well, why would you dome? I, but it's but it's really cutting your nose to spite your face. Again, to, to my point, do you think the Rams want to go and play you when it's uh, when it's minus two degrees outside? They Good don't want the same. The Cowboys, they don't want anything to do with that. Why do you dome it so your fans are? Uh, a little bit more comfortable to buy and the other side of it is is that when you sit out in the elements where we all delude ourselves to think that the athletes care as much as we care about the uh, the game result but you know we we delude ourselves to that degree we also think that by sitting in the stands when it's uh, when, when it is eight degrees we feel like it's a communal experience. You're not in this alone, players. We're in it with you, fellas. We're up in the stands. Tell us about the uh, the stadium there in Minnesota, the amenities, uh, uh, the concessions. Well, I'll be honest with you. I was in the bowels because I, uh, for for everything I've just said, I I am in fact the prima donna and will not, uh, you know, will not uh, rub elbows with with comments. <laughs> no, they, they they took me into the they took they really did just take us right into the media thing, and then they had the buffet. Oh yeah, uh, oh. business going. I did that. I didn't. I didn't do the concessions. A lot, I lot of a game meats. A lot of delicious game meats. They had fl- freshly hunted in the Minnesota wilderness. Yes. But you know what was also great was the, you know, people keep saying, oh, Minnesota nice, Minnesota nice. They were very much like Canadians, lovely people. And it almost was weird to me because, you know, you guys saw what happened, how they missed out. Imagine, I mean, I think people didn't want to uh, put too fine a point on it to hurt the feelings of the people hosting us uh, for the week. But it was a really a weird thing that, so you're Minnesota and Stephon Diggs, if you're there, he catches that touchdown pass, and it's a miracle, and it's great. And now you see, wow, if we could just beat Nick Foles, if we just beat Nick Foles, <laughs> we host the Super Bowl. It's and a- then instead, the Eagles vanquish them, and then the and then as a result, the Eagles come to their stadium where they were just celebrating the, the, the big thing, and then they paint the end zone Eagles green. <laughs> I know. And now... And now, now, now we have to host all those people, and we have to be nice to all these visitors from the city of Philadelphia. Good news is the Eagles fans are lovely people across the board. So no, so so it would so that much say. But I were I was hoping the Vikings would have a uh, a home game for the N- NFC title because wouldn't it be great? for the visiting team just to send a message when they run out onto the field in the NFC title game. Two weeks later, the Super Bowl's there. They just bring their luggage out onto the field. <laughs> yeah, that's right. like, we're staying here. <laughs> <laughs> we're not leaving. We're staying right here. We're going to sleep on the field till game time. Uh, Dave, as far as the game goes, where does it rank for you? 
I, you know, I didn't really consider that. For me, as a Steelers fan, uh, I'm, I'm biased. I'm over the moon about the result because uh, it allows the Steelers to remain the one and only with uh, with six Lombardi trophies. Yes. But and I, I saw a lot of you know everybody. Everybody's a vapid cynic now. Everybody's got to say something snarky. Nobody can ever just enjoy things. I noticed a ton of people as I was sitting there delighting in this uh, magnificent game. I noticed a ton of people on social media saying, this isn't real football. Is anyone going to make a stop tonight? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is there going to be a punt tonight? Oh, I'm so, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm heartbroken for you that you're having a shootout, an electric shootout with the, with the greatest quarterback of all time versus the all-time underdog story, Nick Foles. I'm sorry that this, this, this isn't rising to the level that you anticipated. Yeah, sorry, so those, those it's practically a Hollywood script for you. Yeah, like, and so, these are the people, 10-3, give me that game any day. Go f*** yourself. People, they, they win it, they win it, they win both ways because, uh, because then they say, yes. When there was that uh, two years ago when the Cardinals and Seahawks played, I think it was a 6-3 overtime game, all those same curmudgeons love to pronounce, I know most of you didn't enjoy it. (laughs) I'm a defense first guy. Serious football man, please. uh, Please tell us more. Uh, Dave, how many parties did you hit? Did you hit any of the big ones, like uh, the direct TV parties or anything like that? No, uh, listen. I'm listen. I'm not just, I know. I know what you do, and you do it perfect. It's what we did. You go back to your host I, hotel and hang in the lobby bar. That's it. That way, what's better than that? If I am not, you know, and I'm, I'm uh, sincere. I don't want to sound like a jock sniffer, or although I surely will. Uh, I listen. If I'm, if I fail to be impressed by, like, hey, I'm sitting next to Mean Joe Green. That's the greatest at the restaurant. I love to, I love kibitzing with these guys. It's a, they literally are all over the place. Hey, Dan Marino, how you been? I love that stuff. I, you know, it's that, that's the fun. And then I get the rub elbows with the likes of you. What do I need to go be at a party with 800 people for and where it's loud and everything else? I'm an old, I, I, I really am old at this point, I realize, but that's, that's my speed. Now, and plus the lobby bar, you can find your home real quick. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. Yeah, there's a, yeah those those days of thinking it was a magnificent uh, odyssey to be lost at three thirty a.m. drunk and otherwise, and trying to figure out how you're going to no- negotiate your way home. Those have come and gone. <laughs> oh yeah, those are not fun. Let's go. I literally go. I, I mean, really, am coming home almost every night. I go out for a little bit of food with Matt Money Smith and uh, and and fellas like that. We come back and it's like it's really nine nine thirty or later, and people are getting as we get out of the car, people are jumping in like, "Where are you guys headed now?" Like, "To bed." We're, we're, we're going out now. I. I couldn't feel like a bigger square, but I'm but I'm okay with it. I've made my peace with it. Hey, Dave, you said something earlier that caught my attention. You said uh, you're not under the illusion. You know that the fans care way more about the result than the players do. I have I so subscribe to this theory that by the time players get to the point of a professional level, the actual result of the game means less to them than making sure they earn that paycheck. Is that something that you've been sort of sort of philosophizing about for a long time, been thinking about for a long time, sort of spreading that word, that gospel? I, uh, well, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it's hard to debate, really. I mean, I know that they're invested in it because it's their profession, but you know, uh, again, take the, uh, take the Steelers as, as, as an example. Kid from uh, Miami, Florida, Artie Burns, gets drafted two years ago. He's been with the team for about 20 months. He cares more than me. I've been watching for 40 years, living and dying with it. He cares more about the U. Now it's a business for him. Of course he can't. He, I, he, can't, he couldn't be expected to care as much about the Steelers as I do. Sure, he cares about the guys in the locker room. I definitely, I, you know, I, I know that uh, sounds awfully cynical. Um, no, but it's a fact. Say, but, you're, you're just being well, I mean, factual. Course. How could it not be? You're well, right. Yes, of course. Well, it, when, you know when, when they get it, their big epiphany is when they get through that first contract and then that second one is looming and that's where they make all their money, at least in pro football. Um, that, it's that moment when they find out, oh, the team isn't as into me as I thought they were. And, <laughs> right. and that hurts my feelings.
and that you know that they, they you know that they really do get that, and then they then they sour on the uh, you know the love of football, and it becomes more clinical to them and taking care of their families and all that stuff. But all that being said, I will say legitimately, uh, one of my favorite teams I can remember being around is these Philadelphia Eagles. They are, I I mean, they, I, and, you know, I'm from the other end of the state, but they are such, I mean, Malcolm Jenkins, I don't know, I'm not getting political or anything like that, but I love those guys. You know, Malcolm Jenkins doing what he did with the take a knee. You know, Colin Kaepernick did his thing, but he didn't really, um, you know, he didn't manage the, the message or however you want to put that. You know, he sort of did the knee thing, but then he didn't, publicly discuss why he was doing it all that much. He sort of shied from that because I think he got beaten down by the Niners or, or whatever that it was inappropriate to do. But Malcolm Jenkins then picks it up, and that, then Chris Long walks over to him. And imagine, legitimately, now it's a white guy putting his arm around Malcolm Jenkins, and that definitely takes it to an even greater level. And at the same time, you have a, a, you know Nick Foles. You see him up on the podium on Sunday night. And, you know, he's clearly a born-again Christian guy, and they really don't care. Yeah. And I, they really do. I, I you know, it, it's easy to say because, you know, every, why is it, by the way, as a side note, every team over the last 25 or 30 years in age, in any professional sport, at the, at the pinnacle, at the peak of their professional success, just after a championship, they all must announce no one outside this locker room believed in us. Why is that the bit? Why is that the bit? No one, all the people who flew in from whatever city to watch you try to win, they're just masochists. All all the people in Vegas, like half those people in Vegas, like, I like losing money. Somebody believed in you. I mean, what do you mean nobody believed in you? Your parents don't? Nobody did? Yeah, it's a a hollow rallying cry when you really put it that way. But these guys are these guys are are just uh, just really lovely. Uh, night. I, I always say, you know, I'm a guy, but the guys who I name for you, they're men. You know, yeah. I, someday I would like to be a man. Well, what I like Doug Peterson too. Like I think that guy yeah. is a cool cat, and like he, I know it's kind of a cliche now. Everyone's kind of said it, but. He coached yesterday the only way you could possibly beat the Patriots. He was just basically laying his testicles on the field with every <laughs> offensive play he called and said, we're just going to match you play for play. And it was the only way to do it, and he pulled it off. Plus, you know what he did? He used our philosophy that we've uh, we've taken on the show is, why not, eh? Why not, eh? Where you're like, eh, we're here. Why not, eh? And he seems like a leader of men, too. You know, like you heard all the players talk about him after. And, of course, they're going to do that after they win the Super Bowl. But he just seems like the kind of guy that players would want to play for. It's real, uh, Yeah, it really se- he seems like a pleasant fellow, you know? Seems like he has a good sense of humor. And, and, uh, and I like the idea of... Uh, yeah, in movies, it's fun when you watch Gene Hackman in Hoosiers or... or um, you know, Newt Rockney type speeches. Those are great in, in movies, but every time I ever ask, I love asking players, so what happens in the locker room? What's it like? You know, is that, uh, does he get up there? Does the coach get up there and give you a fiery speech? And they're like, no. What, what do you think happens in there? No. They, we go over what we're supposed to do like with the scheme. Like, nobody, there's no pep talk like in, the, like in a movie, which disappoints me on some level. But it also, the guy who gives the rah-rah speech like that, the fiery speech, is also a dinosaur. It's, you know, it's Bob Knight. I, and I always, I went to Indiana University, and I sort of fell into this thing. I, I loved it. And when I look back, I thought he was great and hysterical and everything else. Now I look back, and I kind of won. I, I would never want my child to play for him. And I also know that as much as I enjoyed Bob Knight, I... Uh, if I were on his team, I would I would just weep and get kicked off the team. <laughs> <at> first, uh, <laughs> why? Why are you me? Why are you yelling at me like that? It's awfully harsh. You know what? I'm, I'm Dubai, and I would I would leave. But it's kind of like is that he ultimately is a bully, and doesn't yeah. he? I'm yep. not making. I know this is a little hyperbolic, maybe a little bit of a stretch, but isn't that what kind of creates the Trump thing? Kind of or like isn't that or at least isn't it on the same level that like. That attitude of I'm just going to browbeat you and I'm going to shout you down about everything—it's it's it's unpleasant. Well, you know, 
these guys playing football, running into each other on purpose, and uh, you know, they should, at least they should have a nice coach along the way. <laughs> um, your, ta- your take on Tom Brady? I'm not going to get into his Facebook show, which he got eviscerated for. Uh, but Tom Brady, as a superstar, he is the face of the league essentially. In the NBA, the face of the league, they're fun, they're entertaining. The NBA is exciting to watch because of the interaction between these guys. Tom Brady, is he the most boring superstar in the history of sports? Well, uh, Tim Duncan will. Uh, will <laughs> I was going to say. I was going Dave, to say that about Tim Dave, Duncan. David Robinson Tim and Tim Duncan would like a word with you. Can you? Dan. Can you? Imagine? No, I said they wouldn't have a word with you because they're so quiet. You see, but anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, they're probably the worst. Can you imagine? Uh, they, but yeah, Brady, the whole thing with that, the, the whole Patriots, uh, 15 years or whatever it's been, it's unsatisfying. And I know that dynasties are inherently unlikable. You want dynasties in sports. You always want them, no matter what people. I know commissioners like parody because it keeps more fans engaged. But you want, as a fan, you want dynasties. Like I always say. Star Wars would be terrible if Darth Vader weren't in it. It would, you know, that that would be a that wouldn't be an, a compelling movie. So, all right, so there are Dynasty, the Patriots, but there's something. It's not that they're so loathsome. It's that what are they? It's exactly what you're saying. They, they, the the Green Bay Packers gave us the power sweep. The Pittsburgh Steelers of the '70s gave us the steel curtain defense. Yeah, the Niners would throw it around with Montana, and they were splashy with Jerry Rice. How do, we, how do you describe the, the Patriots? Like, they parse rules, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and like, they, they, they like, well, well, however you want to play, we'll just, like, we don't really have an ID. We'll just go with how it's going and beat you at it. It's just that... It's not, and also, they have terrible uniforms. Maybe that's also well. Well, Dave, yeah. don't, don't you think, Dave, that it's that it's that they are defined by their coach, like their coach is the star, and that he can literally plug in any player he wants, and suddenly they seem to fit beautifully in that system where they, maybe they didn't fit as well in a previous team, and he's a genius and all that, and his record is indisputable. But that doesn't make them easy to love when their head coach, who is the star, happens to be the. Uh, you know, least pleasant media talker in the history of professional sports. Yeah, I don't. I, I and that thing about that we don't say anything. Everybody you talk to, anybody who plays for the Patriots, tells you, "Oh, that's not the real Belichick. He's delightful. He's a yeah. he's a funny guy. He's always got a he's got a great wit." As a matter of fact, and uh, and more bookish types will tell you, "Oh, he's a, he's fascinating to talk military history with and stuff <laughs> like that." All right, what 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 skin off your nose would it be to do some of that, uh, Bill? Why can't you be pleasant? Why why can't you why can't you kibitz a little bit? You know, it's a, you, you got to be a curmudgeon and set this tone, and then make the, all these guys seem two-dimensional when you know deep down. Gronk notwithstanding, even Gronk. Imagine if Gronk were on another team. Oh, man. I mean, it would be it, he's already uh, he's already funny to watch, but I mean, imagine if he weren't on the Patriots. That's the only thing that tamps that down. Yeah, it's, I, I, I guess that's my, uh, my hypothesis, why they're kind of, why they seem so boring, but I'm, I'm with you too, uh, Jay, that the point is, um, it's real. Dynasty doesn't really apply, kind of, because it's two guys. It's Belichick and Brady, and the three of us could go be on the team, and we would uh, win at least through the divisional round. You know, we. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like Belichick figured something out, and I don't know what it is. Obviously, or else uh, people would start mimicking it. He, he he figured something out about like here's what you do in football, and it doesn't really matter who you have out there. You just need guys who are like. You take three steps, and that's the only thing you do though, every play. Like, he gets them into such narrow focus that they are asked to do absolutely nothing but one particular thing, and somehow that works over the course of 60 minutes and over the course of uh, four months and over the course of 15 years, no matter how sort of boring it is. And yet, as boring as it feels, now look back at all the Super Bowls they've been in. Every single one of them is dynamite. Yeah. Uh, Dave, quickly before we let you go, who plays the halftime next year? I'd like to see Jay and Dan. That'd be nice. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. What the, it's in Atlanta. Who's I? I, I I'm square. Who's, hey, oh, it's two know, chains. Two chains. It's two chains for sure, Dave. 
It's How about Titty an Boy. REM reunion. They oh, could do that. That would be great, Dave. That? That's a great idea. Yes. Yeah, that could be good. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, one thing before I go, I, I wanted to ask you something real quick because we were talking about the hotel lobby. Um, uh, this happened. How much would this upset you, or am I the OCD weird guy? And it really brought me down for about uh, for about thirty six hours, um, right in the midst of the Super Bowl week. I'm sitting there, sitting there eating dinner, and I look over next to me, and the guy who's like a probably fifty ish year old bald fella, heavy set. He I put it on my Twitter if you want to see what he looks like. He's sitting there on his laptop doing stuff at the dinner, whatever. He's by himself. He takes off his right shoe and sock. And I just saw that day. Leg and dangles it up in the air. That was what? so wrong. That was so wrong. Now what he what we, he was, I think he had basically crossed his leg under the table, yes. so his foot was kind of you know protruding out from the table. But it was a barefoot in or in a restaurant, in a restaurant. What kind of? This is I mean, and here's here's the worst part. What didn't make the photograph, and I regret it to to provide the full picture, if you will, is. His left shoe and sock remained on. This, this to me, indicates that, you know, sometimes you know, there's people who would be weird in uh, February uh, in Minneapolis um, that you would be such a hippie that you still can't wear shoes. Those guys, by the way, I saw some of those guys. Those guys who insist on wearing shorts everywhere they go, that's uh-huh. their identity to yeah. the world. Like, all right. Settle down. It's like the lady who married the uh, Tetris game that you guys were talking about a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, and by the way, with that lady, too, by the way, the way she married her Tetris, and she keeps calling it he, but it wasn't the Tetris cartridge. It was the game that it plugs into. So if it's the receptacle mm. for the cartridge, isn't it, in fact, a lady-on-lady relationship? Yes. Which I'm not judging, but, but no. to be accurate, you, it's not a guy. I think you got it's a the point there. It's a guy. That's digital lesbian love. Um, that sure. guy with the foot. See, this is where I always think of a situation like that. And I want to walk up to someone. I'm like, I always leave that. And just look at the guy and say, dude, what the f***? Did you think of going up yeah. and punching him, Dave? It makes me so sad. I don't think I could summon the strength. It's, I know. It's like a gut punch for me that I. It depresses me so much that people behave in this way. That, and I just got off the plane and was reminded of it again. The, you want to see human beings at their worst? It's once the plane lands and everybody's sitting on there. Almost every flight these days, they say hey, we have some travelers who have a connecting flight. If you guys could stay in your seats and let those people go. No, I've never seen one person even attempt to pretend that they heard that message. Everybody just stands <laughs> up and gets in their yeah, way. No chance then, they do. When, then, the, then, the, uh, then the 15 to 20 minutes, if you're towards the back as I was today, that it takes for everybody to get out. And everybody is you know, filing out row by row. I don't have to explain to you what the process is for this because – you're a human being, and you understand that your row goes, and then the row behind you goes, and that's how it goes. Yeah. Except there's always some some creep for whose society's laws are are are, uh, are too small who has to go one step ahead of you and like, hey, you're you were in the row behind me. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you weren't out of the aisle. I'm getting out of the aisle right now. You you're gonna get off the plane now. Point three seconds more quickly than than I am. To what end? Is it worth it to disrupt our society like that? Okay, uh, go uh, get those baths done and uh, give your uh, family a big hug. Thanks very much, fellas. Great times. Take care, Dave. That is Dave Damashek. What a great guy. Yeah. What uh, a great guy. We're, we got to call uh, our friend. Uh, we got a special guest coming on. Stuff you're on the stuff's on it. And if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Dam E S H E K. His last name. Yeah. But it's uh, people don't know how to spell it. So D A M E S H E K. Perfect. At the end. Yeah. Damashek. See, I think his show should just be called Damashek. You know, like. Or Checky. Like Columbo. Uh, yeah, I would. <sighs> If I saw someone doing that in a restaurant, I oh, uh, get get ten Coors Lights into me and I'd walk up. The one no, time I did here, the one situation in my life, I did walk up uh, to someone because I was sitting at a bar in L.A. and this gentleman 
He said to the uh, the older woman that was serving bar, said, Am I going to get my drink someday? Ooh. And then, after a while, and then he was rude, another comment. And I, I'm like, okay, I'll have another glass of wine and see what happens. And then on my way out, I'm like, F*** it, what do I have to lose? And I'm like, don't treat a woman like that. Have some respect. And then he's like, he, he was silent. I walked out. I'm like, never thought of it. Two weeks later, I was back in there. The lady said to me, my knight in shining armor. Oh, she knew. That's she, nice. Yeah. So Maybe every time I walked in. a little bit. And, yeah, she said he apologized the rest of the night. Oh, and, wow. Uh, she gave me drinks on the oh, house. Maybe you should be doing that more often. But I, And then two weeks later, you went back, and you and that woman if, had sex. If, if I saw it again, oh, I would definitely Jesus. do it. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you one guy uh, who treats everybody around him with respect and love. Uh, except for Dan on occasion. That's Jeremy Taggart, our old buddy. Hey, guys. How are you doing, boy? Hey. Holy <laughs> Taggart. How long has it been? Uh, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm fantastic. Uh, I'm enjoying, uh, well, uh, the, the freezing cold is great. Yeah. As you guys probably enjoy, but... Uh, Bigger and better things in terms of uh, the, the TNT world. Uh, uh, that's been going so well. We've been kind of enjoying that. The book was fantastic. So we're just kind of, everything's great. We're just kind of getting ready to uh, gear up for a big 18, boys. Now, uh, let's talk about the book uh, briefly. Uh, huge success. Terrific book. I see it everywhere. I see it all over. Um, I knew how... I made. I, I knew I'd made it when I saw it in Shoppers. Well, that's what I mean. I'm in, <laughs> yes, I'm in the Shoppers right by uh, right by TSN here, and I'm at the the checkout counter, and all of a sudden I look over and I see Canadianity there, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, good stuff. Well, I, I honestly, I just. Uh, the, the the book is not that different than the conversations that we have and what the people that listen to your podcast and our podcast enjoy is just like fun stories and just taking taking you to a quick place and celebrating uh you know the love for for each other and and for us in the book was was a country and growing up here so i mean it, it's it it really and you guys know as much as we do it just doesn't really feel like a job and that's the best part because as soon as it does feel like a job then it's time to not do it uh jeremy you know? so if you are picking up your book at choppers what's the perfect checkout items to go along with that book mm, great oh question. great question toolsy <laughs> like uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a, a great night with that book what are you grabbing well maybe some hawkins cheesies Oh yeah, right, some yeah. classic cheesies. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that. And they're always, you know, two ninety nine tops, right? Yeah, for the small bag, that'll fix you up. And then uh, I don't know what's boy, uh, maybe some uh, what trail mix. Know? They got fancy nuts there. They got <laughs> some the, fancy nuts. <laughs> they got the uh, the, the chocolate covered whatnots from from nuts to berries. And then get an ointment because you always can get an ointment at Choppers. That's yeah, where I get all some mine. polysporin or something. <laughs> You can, yeah, I mean, you probably have your little bleaching kit for you, Toolsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does that cost money? Is that a lot? Can't you just use regular bleach? That's <laughs> <laughs> up there, and you get a book on vasectomy and whether load is clear or not after. Well, uh, tool- <laughs> maybe Toolsy will write an <laughs> bleaching book. <laughs> and that'll be in Shoppers next to yeah. the Bleach. I never right even knew shoppers the- sold books. This is a revelation to me. <laughs> yeah, goes, uh, right at the till. Alan Doyle's book, <laughs> and then that book right beside it. I like that idea, actually. I like that idea a lot. And then you guys are heading on the road for a little Ontario yeah. tour. Tell us about that. Well, we leave at the end of May. I mean, every all details about the tour. I think it's Waterloo we start in, and uh, we, we played... Uh, uh, London, uh, we added Sarnia, that's coming. Any, all the tickets and uh, venues and times are available at taggartandtorrens.ca and not an A-N-D, so taggartandtorrens.ca. But um, we're kind of just, it's basically southern Ontario. We ripped to Ottawa and Kingston on there, so 
little five show rip at times. <laughs> a little five May. show ripper. Yeah. And the the one the I 20s, attended the well, one the one I attended in Toronto, I didn't know what to expect. And it was it was like watching a show in your living room with your best buddies. That's right. That's the that's <laughs> and with some that's jams. The, that's the tagline. Yeah. And we got jams. That's the fun. Like we've got the music going now. So uh that's a whole other element. It's really starting to pick up. <laughs> the, the the bits are starting starting to get nuts. Nasty? No, just funny, crazy. Jonathan's really kicking into high gear with some of these new people that he's been doing. Like this Donovan record producer character. Just I can't get enough of this guy. He's been doing that for a while. I know, but he just really... It's like... (laughs) It's so funny because it's built him into this like producer that was there for everything that has happened, basically, in history. (laughs) Like, Like from Layla to this week we did a a parody of Bach, Randy Bachman in the studio doing uh, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet and Donovan. <laughs> That's how they met in 1974 in the studio. Hey, Donovan's, Donovan's all gacked out. <laughs> <laughs> I could listen to Taggart laugh all day. I know, it's he's, the, it's he's the all best. Lob, he's all lobstered out. All <laughs> stiff from the gack. What's the gack? <laughs> Cocaine. Uh, it's 1974. He's all. He's on the scoops. Oh, uh, scoops and snaps. <laughs> so Donovan's getting a little into things, so he gets a little worked up on the session. Oh yeah, how could you not when you're producing? You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, I realized so stupid. I realized reading your guys' book that the reason you and Jonathan get along so well is because now correct me if I'm wrong, you both were thrown into your adult lives at an early age. I didn't know Jonathan started hosting Street Sense when he was like eighteen. Yeah. And yeah, then you no. and you joined Our Lady Peace when you were like sixteen? Yeah, seventeen. Seventeen. He, uh, yeah, he's st- Street Sense was yeah, he was I think sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. And, uh, yeah, very similar, and very similar families, too. Uh, upbringing, the way we were, we kind of were very close with our parents, and kind of, uh, he was with his, his his mother as well. So, a similar, similar story in terms of how, how stuff went, but it really is chocolate and vanilla, because it's the odd couple as well, as well. When we're on the road, like, you know, he's like, good night, at, at like 11.30, and I'm like sitting on the couch going, well, well now what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> like, for example, one night in Victoria, the first night of our last tour, um, we, had, we did Airbnbs across the country. And we're at this Airbnb. And I'm like, I got to go down to the truck because we just got there and grabbed something. So I ran down to the truck and grabbed it. And when I came back, I didn't have a key. And he had gone to bed and turned his phone off. Oh, <laughs> oh no! So cut to two and a half hours later, me on the top of a homeless guy's shoulders with my arms <laughs> up, trying to get to the second floor balcony. How do you, would, how do you find a homeless yeah, man that you, will go along did with you it? You spend two and a half hours looking for the homeless man. Well, just kind of uh, literally uh, hanging out on the streets for a bit. And then this teaming up with this guy that's really tall. <laughs> How did you convince him like, to do it? He was really nice guy, like a super kind of like a mice and men styles. Mice and men styles. I'm on his shoulders, which was not no big deal for him, but I couldn't quite reach our balcony, and I'm like throwing stones and couldn't. Uh, Jonathan just wouldn't wake up, so. I had to uh, go to the uh, Hilton down the street and spend 200 bucks on a hotel room. Oh, so much for the saving money on the Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a rough way to start a tour. Yeah, I know, but that's kind of our... our and, you know, I'm texting him like, why is your phone off? Why did you turn your phone off? <laughs> and who goes to sleep that quick? You were gone for five minutes. <laughs> no, well, he was... Yeah. He's it, it out. Was really... 
really, it was, it was like that for sure. Because the phone was off. And he might have thought I was, like, going out. Ah, I see. Heading out on the town. Just craziness, boy. Oh, boy. And it's going to be even wilder when you get to Sarnia. You better make sure you you get an extra key. Maybe you can come out for a night with us. Oh, that'd be fun. I'd love to. Someone to stay up with me? If we survive (laughs) South Korea. Yeah, we've got to make it back first. That's right. Oh, my goodness, boys. Yeah, we're heading When are you there. leaving? We're leaving like, on Friday. We're leaving free. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but Yeah. Are, are you all sad? That's going to be fun, though. Oh, yeah. We're, we're all prepped way better up. than Sochi. Way better. Well, weather-wise, Sochi was dynamite, but food-wise, South Korea is going to be a lot better. Yeah, I think in or, or venues being completed-wise. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could go... Wish I was going. Oh uh, well, why did you come? Just just hop on board, hop in Toolsy's luggage. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Have a hey, great talk time. to those TD guys. Maybe I can hop on one of them. <laughs> 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 you haven't seen any posts lately, have you? From us? <laughs> no, I didn't no. see any posts with a bunch of hashtags that you can click and get to advertising. Oh, hey, it's it's the new age. It's a good time, though. Oh, it yes. Is. It always is. I myself like to fly. <laughs> well, you should use your TD Infinite Visa card. <laughs> I can help. If I fall down, can I use my TD Instant Cast? <laughs> sure. Anyway. Hashtag ad. Uh, we're getting into pharmaceuticals. Don't forget about the hashtag ad. That's always important. <laughs> uh, oh. Jeremy, uh, we got to run. Producer Tim's going to be wondering where we are. I love it. That's great. Um, listen, bud, this was great catching up. We got to do I this know. more often. I know. I got to come in there with you. That'll be the next level. And we're back in the studio where you originally came to visit us. Wow. The very first time. Yep. Yep, back in the radio studio. Feels yep. like the first time. This is what we do. We we go and we get something to eat, and then we do the uh, potty, and then you guys do your show. I love it. I love that idea. There's a Canyon Creek right across the street. Yeah, we've also I got know. a Jack Astor's. <laughs> you go to the mall, you can hit the food court. Yeah, let's go to the Scarborough Town. Yeah, Taco Bell, oh, man, KFC, always lined me, up. Boys. Yeah, Manchu Walk. Toolsy? Ah, whatever, if it's got food, I'm in. Do I have a needle? <laughs> Little teen burger for Toolsy. Hey, as far as fast food burgers go, I think A and W burgers are the best. Fantastic. Yeah, I like A and W. They're good. Can't go wrong. Kids even get the chicken strips and the whatnot. Yeah, that's yeah, not it's terrible. real chicken. Yeah, freshly yeah. slaughtered. It's not like a shaped boot for some reason. <laughs> yeah. It's all pink. Yeah, that's right. They got chickens in the back, and the big guy from the commercials, that bald kind of chubby guy. He's yeah, cutting like those chickens guy. up. Yeah, he's Hey, A&W, dude. come on board. Nothing better than an A&W and a Coors Light. And some Swiss Chalet to wash it down. Yeah, give me some of that chalet sauce all day long. <laughs> uh, okay, Taggart, uh, talk to you, buddy. <laughs> See you, boy. Okay. That's Jeremy Taggart. Uh, you can check out their uh, site and... See them on tour. Seriously, it's a fun yeah. time. TaggartandTorrance.ca. And uh, don't forget to listen to their podcast. Subscribe to it. So uh, next man. podcast, make sure you definitely tune in for the week of February, uh, what is that, the 13th will be our first one from our next podcast. We will not be in Canada. We 12th. will be Oh, no, February 13th. 12th. Yep, 12th. Yeah. February 12th, we will be in South Korea at the Olympics on yep. this podcast next week. It is going to be crazy. Hopefully, Bernie Kim will be there again. Yes. So tales of uh, how we got there, tales of uh, lots of tales. What's happening? What's it? We'll tell you what's happening at Canada House. All the cocaine being consumed. What in if the we have to? En- since we're broadcasting from the top of this elementary school, yeah. What if we're enrolled in this school and we yeah. have to finish the school year? Well, or may- and maybe when we come back, we'll know Korean. Hey, and then this podcast English. in two weeks will be exclusively done in Korean. <laughs> And sponsored by Hyundai. Hey, right? great car company. Help me one. in on all of this stuff. Uh, but thanks for listening. And uh, hey, we'll talk to you from Korea. South Korea. We're not crazy. They're going home.
This is the Jay and Dan Podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light.